are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. As you uh, recall, last Sunday was Easter, Sunday morning. I spoke on Jesus, the giver of life. Sunday night, I spoke on the opposite, Satan, the giver of death. Year of your father, the devil, who was a murderer from the beginning. And as we looked at Satan last week, we saw that there's 12 things I gave us, or 13, all starts with the letter D, what he does to capture our attention. And he tries to destroy us. We took for our text in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, let us not be weary of his, our, our, let's be aware of his devices. And so we must know that he, how he's gonna attack us. You know, the devil knows where I'm weak and he knows where you're weak. Some areas I'm strong, I don't understand why you would be weak in that area. I can't comprehend it. I just don't understand how you could be weak in that area. And you might look at my life and say, you know, pastor, that is your weak area. How could you be weak in that area? He looks for where we're weak and then he attacks it and he keeps going after it. You young preacher boys, he'll do it your entire life. He'll look where you're weak and he'll fight and war against you. He began with doubt in the Bible and he always has doubt in our mind and, and it, we went through all that, I won't review it. But I so, spoke on Satan's traps. But my problem is a little bit, I don't want us to walk around biting our fingernails thinking the devil's gonna get us all the time. Resist the devil and he will flee. He is a defeated foe, now he's gonna come back. But as long as we keep resisting, he won't have power over you and I. I wanna give myself to the Spirit of God. But tonight I wanna embellish the message last week, not going back to his traps. But I want us to see how we serve a triune God. My Bible says in 1 John 5, 7, for there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. These three are one. The Word is Jesus. The Father, of course, is the Father and the Holy Spirit. We serve a triune God and how wonderful it is. This text that we read, verse 23, and I listened to you read it tonight, we're a trichotomous as people. We are a tripart man, and we know that. The Bible says, and the very God of peace sanctify you holy. I pray, God, through your whole, what's the first one? Spirit, second, and, and. You see, we are spirit, that spiritual part of man. If you're saved, there's a spiritual part of you. As a person, there is a body, there's a soul, there's a mental part of us, our minds. And then there is the body, the physical part, part of man. Now, I want to say, and I'll get to there tonight, my message comes at the close, that the devil cannot get your spirit. For greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You have to surrender your spirit. You have to choose to give in to the devil to have that spirit invade your life and capture your thoughts. But the first two is where he'll really attack us. He will attack us in our soul, that is our mind, and our body. So we must keep the proper arrangement. 
There was a book written so many years ago that came out on, um, I don't have it in my library. I used to, I don't know where it is, but um, uh, written about bodies, spirit, soul, and body, the, the, and all the different ways that we can rearrange it. We can put the body at the top and the spirit way down at the bottom. We can move these things around if we want to, but God has a divine order. It is spirit, soul, or mind, and body. It's not body, spirit, and soul. It's not body, soul, body, and mind, and spirit. No, 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 that will destroy you. And so many Christians are setting themselves up for defeat. We move the spirit of God into position two, for example. Let's take by way of introduction that for a moment. We take the spirit and we say, you're coming down to position two. And soul, you're coming up to position one. That's your mind. And your mind begins to govern your life. I believe most Christians, are, are many Christians, I should say, are governed by their mind. That's why we're so wishy-washy. That's why we just, just jump around. Our, our mind controls our body. Consequently, a person, here's a person that undoubtedly loves God. He's in second position. He loves God. He probably loves the church. He probably loves the pastor. He loves the Christian school, loves what's going on, but he is governed by his mind. And so somewhere along the line, the church or the school, or the college, or Christianity, or another Christian will bother them and they'll get their mind working on it and all of a sudden they're leaving the church. I've been here 45 years. That's a long time. Soon to be five decades of our life. And I have watched people leave governed by, not the spirit, governed by the mind. We have watched it, pastors that are here, we've watched it throughout our ministry where people make a decision. They were right in. They loved it. They loved the church. They loved the school. They loved the pastor. They loved preaching. They loved all of it. But somehow they got their mind in gear and their mind began to tell their spirit what they were going to do. How tragic. Here's a person who's positive. Yet they become negative. And so they put in, in their mind, hopelessness, discouragement, defeat. It's not fair. There's, there's favoritism around here, uh, whatever it might be. My home, my marriage, my kids, my ministry, my job, my, what I do. And all of a sudden, the mind is all negative. Where do we get that? Uh, the news. Can't watch, I don't see, I'm not saying you're gonna, you're, you're gonna die and go to hell if you watch the news. You can't watch a lot of the news these days. Uh, there's a, a fellow that, that was a political leader called it fake news. He was right. It's fake. There's no truth. Bunch of lies. Some people are wondering, why don't you, why, why don't you say it the other day? Why don't you take all these TV interviews? They, they want an interviewer. Did I say it this morning? I said it sometime. Why don't you talk to these people? Because they won't tell the truth. I was preaching here on a Sunday night, and I just, I, nothing was wrong with what I said. But the next day, I didn't read it. People told me about it. They said, front page, front article. They said, in church on Sunday night, this. I never said what they said I said. Because they're liars. I'm not going to hang around with a bunch of liars. 
because my mind is too important. I, I think if you watch too much politics, hey, it's going to discourage you. If you follow it too much, I think if you follow COVID, that's been around, yes, 20 years. 20 years. But the truth is it's been around coronavirus about 100 years. You watch that too much. I mean, in 20 years, they couldn't, get a, they couldn't get a vaccine, and now they got one in nine months, 10 months, 12 months. I wonder what we're putting in our bodies. I wonder at what tests they've done. I wonder how many years of study they have. I'm not saying you can't get, if you want the shot, if you want the test, if you want the pills, whatever it is, go do it. That's up to you. I'm not suggesting you don't do it. But we've got ourselves so convinced that we're going to die. Well, I'm going to tell you something. What they come out this week, 99.5 or 99.7 recovery rate. Please go get the shot if you want the shot. Oh, my sweet mother and dad, they never had shots in their life. They got older in life. Their doctors kept saying, you need the flu shot. And for the last 10 years of their life, they wouldn't get that flu shot. I'm not going to tell them not to get the flu shot, but they almost died every year after they had the flu shot. I thought, my dear sweet mother, my dear sweet dad, you're in heaven listening now. Don't get that. I'm not saying don't get it if you want the, go get 25 of them if you want. I'm just, please, I know. Ah, he's, I can't wait till the news gets old. You're watching, I know. Hey, I tell you what, I can't get all tied up with uh, Governor Newsom or Mr. Biden as Brother Harold was preaching here in our college chapel a few weeks ago. He was talking about the Midianites, the Amalekites, the Bidenites. I don't know, but they're all there. You see, you see tonight, our mind is so careful. We must pay protection. You start hanging around a disgruntled, a complainer, a griper, a negative. I still think America's the greatest country in the world. I love the red, white, and blue. If we're in the auditorium, we may just come out of here for July 4th. I, we all, we have hundreds of flags, but I was at Costco the other day. I saw those beautiful new ones for $29. Real soon, I'm gonna have every family buy one. We're gonna have flags everywhere because I love America. One nation under God, indivisible. No, I'm not kneeling for the flag. I'm telling you this, if we're not careful, we're not careful, he will, Satan will trap our minds. That we did, they did that with Ananias and Sapphira. Satan, the Bible says, Acts 5, why has Satan filled thine heart? Your heart is your mind. Why has Satan filled your mind to lie to the Holy Spirit? Galatians chapter 3, Paul had won the, Corinthians, the Galatians to Christ. And he said to them, who hath bewitched you? What the, did they do with the false doctrine? They captured the mind of the people of Galatia. The Bible says in Galatians 5, 7, ye did run well. Who doth hinder thee? I tell you what, I watch the who I hang around. I don't read them. I don't study them. The big thing nowadays is these gurus, how to tell you to build a church. First of all, I'm not gonna read somebody who's not a Baptist. That's who I am. I'm a Baptist born and Baptist bred, and when I die, I'll be Baptist dead. I know that, I'm a Baptist. I'm not gonna listen to somebody. I'm not gonna listen to some charismatic to say, do away with Sunday school. 
You don't need Sunday school. Just have a coffee connection club. I'm not having a connection club. I'm having Sunday school. I'm not doing away with Sunday morning. I'm not doing away with Sunday night. I'm not doing away with a Wednesday night. I, I, we're we're going to have hymns and songs and spiritual songs. We're going to have invitations. We're not going to have outreach. We're going to have soul winning. I'm staying with it. I'm not going to let someone get my mind. I'm telling you, it's so dangerous. Isaiah 26, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. I want to have perfect peace in an imperfect day. Philippians 4 8, whatsoever things are true, lovely, good report, honest, your virtuous, think on these things. I want to think on the right things. You know, as we get older in life, as we age, here's the danger. Our bodies begin to have aches and pains that invade our body. Now, I'm not saying all of this is true. But you know, sometimes my older people, young people, have so many aches and pains because the sorrows of life are now overwhelming their soul. A marriage that was never happy. Children that you invested your life in only that betray you. Grandchildren that will not talk to you. And I've pastored so many, I thank God for our 14 grandkids, they love us dearly. So don't read into this. But I'm saying today, I have so many people, the grandkids are not permitted to see the grandparents through the years, it's just so sad. And you put a grandmother to bed at night, she's praying for her grandkids. And she's so worn out, so weary. I love my grandkids. God, I'd love to see them. You know, it's affected. Her mind's being affected, and it affects your body. You go to the doctor, and they'll always ask you things like this. We have, I think, about 70 people in this church in the medical field, doctors and nurses and you name it. But, but, but they'll, they'll, say, they'll say to someone when they give you an examination, they'll say, do you have... I had recently a doctor ask me this. Have you had some sorrow in your heart? Have you had some disappointments in your life? Have you had some situations that bring pain to you? Because your mind affects your body. You ever get tense over something? It normally starts in the neck. And it goes down through the spine. And it goes through the body. And it goes through the joints. And sometimes you're in such great pain. So I say to you today, sorrow of the mind can affect the body that we walk in every single day. We're still in introduction. I'll get there by sunrise tomorrow morning. But I say secondly, the body. So we've got the mind and now the mind, we've placed it, put, we placed it up here. And the mind's in control. And we always have to, we have to, Think about Brother Cooper, Pastor, spiritual things through the mind. That's the big pushes. Evangelists like you, preachers like you, <laughs> you have no idea what you're doing. Because you think, you think it's all about the Bible and preaching and, 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 and declaring a message from God when, when you don't understand. You can't preach like you preach. And all the great preachers around here, you can't preach like these guys because that's not a lot of Bible. That's not a lot of exegeting the scripture. 
But I'll tell you what, in a revival preacher like you see in these men around here, there's more preaching, there's more Bible, there's more exegesis, there's more all those things that you're looking for. You say, well, I want to be taught, I want to be taught. Then listen to a preacher. No, that, you, you, what, last Wednesday night, I, I can't get over, I wrote a book on Nehemiah. I wrote a book on that text, Nehemiah 1.4, chapter. But how you brought out that he wept. Oh, how I've thought about that so much this week. How he wept. Oh, how we need to weep. I'm tired of fundamentalists, Brother Bertram, being told that we're ignorant. We're not Bible scholars. We're not Bible students. Oh, tell you what, people that say that are not really in the Bible because they would not want to have less Sunday school. They'd want more. I'll just say that right now. Our body. Now, Satan can control my mind. Satan can control my body. Look what it says over in Galatians, and I'll turn there for you. In Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16, the Bible says, I say unto you, walk in the spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Your flesh is your body. If we walk in the spirit, spirit has to be number one. If I'm walking in the spirit, I'm not going to fulfill the lust of the flesh. Well, what's the lust of the flesh? Well, the works of the flesh are these, are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, that is no rules, no rules, all you legalists, all, no rules, no rules, do adultery, uh, idolatry, witchcraft, and hatred, and variance, and emulations, and wrath, and strife, and seditions. God's word says that's all about the body. I'm looking over here in Romans, in chapter six, Reckon yourselves indeed dead unto sin, but alive to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin reign therefore in your mortal body. I can give my body to my flesh that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield your instruments, but members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourself to God. You see, he says there in that text, don't yield yourself to sin, that you should obey the lust thereof. Let me tell you how I yielded this past week to my flesh. My wife and I were downstairs, and my flesh, it probably started in my mind, began to think of the freezer. In the freezer, was one, I hid it from the roommate that I have. I know there was one there because my roommate did not know it was there. And I hid in the freezer a Haagen-Dazs ice cream. I'm not talking about milk chocolate. Milk chocolate's for sissies. I'm talking about dark chocolate. That's real Christianity right there. And they double dip it so it's real thick. And inside, have you ever had where it has that white, soft ice cream? I'm telling you what, Brother Garrett, it got a hold of my mind. I got thinking about that. We were down there in the family room, and I got thinking about that. I said, you know, I need to go eat that thing. I said, if I go to the kitchen, she's going to hear me open the refrigerator door 
and pull it out and go where I have it hidden and that wrapper is going to make noise. And I said, you know what? I don't need that. It, it's not good. You know, ice cream is great. I think I'm going to have some when I go home tonight. It's okay. But it's not good on your joints. I try not to eat ice cream. Try not to, at least by Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So on Sunday, no joints are sore from ice cream. Now, you think that's not true? Then go get your shots. But um, <laughs> I'm talking about haagen now. I'm talking about, we rarely have haagen in the house. But I went by the Walmart market here a few weeks ago to get some ice cream things for my grandkids and I snuck those in the refrigerator. I took it out, there's three of them. I took it out of the box. I knew she'd find the box. You say, well, don't you live for others? Yes, I, I have others, Lord. Yes, others. Let this her motto be, help her to live for others that she might live for me. And uh, so I, I don't know if it goes that way. And I took them out and I hid them in the, the refrigerator, the freezer. You know, Brother Mark, I battled that, I did. Because I knew I wasn't supposed to have it. I just knew I should not be eating that dark chocolate, soft ice cream. I knew I should not, and, and I got thinking, you know, it's not that big, it's just a little mini thing. I talked to myself. I said, you know, my stomach is upset tonight. I, I really had this conversation. It's upset, I think I could calm my stomach down if I had some ice cream and dark chocolate, because dark chocolate is good for you, they say. She got up to leave the room. I said, I think it's my time. <laughs> I can't believe my flesh was so weak. I just can't believe it. I got up and I walked to that and I opened the freezer door and got it out like this. So it wouldn't be, you know, making noise. And I pushed it back in, so she'd never heard it. And I walked over to the other side of the room and I got it like on a piece of cloth that would, you know, insulate the sound when you open it up. You know, it's amazing when you're trying to sin, how you'll try to hide it. And I said, whenever she gets back, I've got to have this thing done. I said, I don't think I'll have it done. So I went back to the reclining chair and I began to eat this thing. And as I began to eat it, I said, I think I've got it where I can hide it on the side of the chair if she gets back here. She's going to sit there, her head will be away from me. And she got back, I was still eating. And you know what? I ate that Haganos. It was great. <laughs> but then I honestly felt guilty. Now, wait a minute. That's an illustration that's not the end of the world. But I guarantee it. My body took control of my mind. I don't know if the Holy Spirit was telling me don't eat that, but I do know this, that my body craved that. Deacons, just for your note, if you wanna 
get me a Christmas present next year, you can go ahead and get me some Haagen-Dazs. Dark chocolate would be a good thing. I'm talking about the fact that so easily our body control, I'm still in the introduction, but don't worry, my message will be about three minutes. Don't you find that sometimes your body, I'm too, I, I, I'm too tired to go to church. I'm too tired to read my Bible. I'm too tired to go soul winning. I'm too worn out with life. And if we're not careful, our body begins to dictate and our mind convinces us it's okay. And we yield to our body and to our mind, which always brings destruction. I know a pastor, I know many, but this one that comes to my mind, a great, a godly, a good man, a godly man, a good preacher, uh, not, a, not a fake, not a phony. But many years ago, he gave up on his wife. And he gave up on his children. And he left the ministry for another woman. And I'm going to tell you something. I have a hard time when people can always cast stones at the next guy. I'm not saying it was right. I don't think he should ever pastor again. That's my opinion. I believe if he's without, he's blameless, he's not blameless. I believe you gotta be very careful with your morals and all of that. And I'm not gonna, it's not my, my area to criticize him. You know what happened to that godly man that had the spirit first and he was a spirit-led preacher? He yielded to his mind. I'm not happy in my marriage. I'm not happy, my kids don't even obey me. My ministry has got me down. I don't even know if I'm doing any good. And his mind began to play tricks on him. And here's David in chapter 17 of 1 Samuel. And he kills a man by the name of uh, Goliath the Philistine. And 10 chapters, 10 chapters later, he says, there's nothing better for me to do than I should speedily escape into the land of the Philistines. For he has said in his heart, I shall not what, what now one day perish by the hand of Saul. And he went and joined the army that he had already defeated 10 chapters before. This spirit is so important, but how easy it is to yield to my mind and how easily it is. I, I know you preachers here tonight and our staff, you can get a hundred good letters from people and say, I thank God for you. I thank God for your ministry. And it just takes one. And that one is gonna eat your lunch and we'll begin to dwell on it. It, it takes only one person to say something negative and we dwell on it and we dwell on it and we dwell on it. And what we've done, we put the position of the spirit to a lower position and we brought our mind and we begin to think on things that are ungodly and wrong and difficult and sad and discouragement and disappointment. And we begin to think on it. Here, here, we have a woman. I know, I know the family. I know the lady and godly pastor's wife. And about 15 years ago, she decided my girls are teenagers. They're not listening to me. She was a good, good, good pastor's wife. One day she ran off with another man and walked away from the husband and the kids. I know a lady that 30, 30 some years ago walked away, her husband was a preacher, walked away from four kids, never to call them back one time. What happened? She was a good lady. She was a good lady. 
but her mind began to play tricks on her and she was governed by her mind. You and I can fulfill all those sins, adultery and fornication and murder and all lasciviousness, all those sins. We are capable when we move our mind to the one, number one position. I know a lady who walked away, a preacher's wife from three boys. Three boys. Three good boys. Probably 25 years ago now. Just walked away. Just walked away. I know a preacher friend that was a godly man and a good man. And somehow, somehow, he got involved with drink and became an alcoholic. He's dead now, much younger than I, but he's dead. I know preachers that have taken their lives. I know preachers' wives that have taken their lives. I'm telling you, friend, when we move our mind, nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. I'm so discouraged. Life's so sad. Life's so despondent. Christians are a bunch of fakes. They're going to turn on you anyway. When we fall prey to the fact the devil will work against us, we'll do anything. My Bible says he'll trap our minds and our bodies. That's why Paul says, 1 Corinthians 2, 19, I keep my body under. We have to discipline our body, our mind, our eyes, our ears, our mouth, our hands, our feet, our heart. We discipline it. We say no to the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But through the Spirit, is an amazing number one position. We do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. I'll try to hasten. Exodus chapter 32, you don't need to turn there. Moses goes to the mountain to walk with God for the people of God. But he's up there, the people don't like the fact that he's tarrying and he's meeting with God. They, we, they, 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 they don't like that. And all of a sudden, they begin to corrupt themselves. It goes fast. Church, you watch it, it goes fast. Colonel Harder, you and Susie have been around long enough. We've seen churches corrupt fast. Doesn't take long. Paul says, after my departure shall grievous wolves come in among you, not sparing the flock. If I die this week of a heart attack, you be careful who you get in here. Don't get some guy that's all over the map. Watch who his good friends are. Watch who he's listening to. Watch who he's reading. If he's a rebel, he'll follow a rebel. The rebel may be another pastor, but they have a root of rebel, uh, rebel heart. They, that's not what we want here. We want someone who's governed by the Spirit. In Exodus 32, he's up on that mountain. And it's an amazing what happened. Read it. First thing is, the music changed. And there, in that text, it says, he heard, he called it noise. Noise. Music should be based on harmony, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody, which is harmony. Yeah. Harmony is built off chords, a tri-chord, tri a, a dominant chord of one, three, five, and an inversion chords, but it's built upon music, music of harmony. They change their they changed their music. You know, the next thing they changed in that same passage, they changed their dress. They pulled their clothes off and ran around naked. They changed their dress. 
I'm nervous when I see our churches changing their dress. I'm nervous when I see our churches changing their music. And then they change their worship in that text. How they worship God. And they made a golden calf. Very, very dangerous. You young men that are watching right now, some you're watching because you want something. Others, you want to hear something that so you can go ahead and criticize it. You young boys that are listening right now, God bless you. Thank you for being a preacher. But don't start tampering with the New Testament local church. Jesus gave us the church and he has an order for the church. Stop tinkering with everything and changing words and changing philosophy and changing direction. Paul said to the church at Colossae, chapter two, verse number eight, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy. They'll start to teach you this new way to have church, new way to sing, new way to dress. It will destroy. No heritage. You don't have a heritage of churches history in history. There's no heritage that those churches go on. Those churches today, I've said it a few weeks ago here, they like our students that graduate from here because they want our product. But as Mrs. Treber said, they want the product without the ingredients, but they don't like our ingredients. They do like our ingredients. They don't like our, 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 our cake that we bake. So they want to change it. Go get your own. Churches that begin to change don't send, they do not send kids to Bible college. Every year for at least 40 years, maybe 35, at least 35, maybe, we send 50 to 60 kids to Bible college a year. That's the ministry of this church. And we're losing them all the time. They go out into the ministry and they go here and they go there to serve God and we love it. We'll have several of our boys coming back I think visiting us next Sunday will be Pastor Brent Strofe. I thank God for him and his dear wife that was born and grew up here, pastors in Virginia. I believe the next week we'll have visiting his here as a guest. Brother Jeremy Cobrat was born in our nursery and he pastors in North Carolina. And so many are coming through over the next few weeks here that you'll see them on Wednesday nights at different times. I tell you what, that's the product we want and they're doing a great work for God. But you watch these churches that are changing will not produce young people for Bible college. Getting off the subject, but I'm glad I put that in there. America's redefining, churches are redefining. James 1.8 says this, but a, 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 a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. A double-minded. I love the spirit, I love my flesh. I love the spirit, I love my soul, my mind. How careful we need to be. I'm gonna cut out all of this, I'll move on. So double-minded men, I love my wife, I'm gonna be faithful, but I like looking at that other one. I love my husband, I'm gonna be faithful, but I like what that other guy provides. Look at him, look at him. You better be careful. I love my parents, but I love what these parents, the liberty they give their kids. I, I love our church, but I like this church over here because look what you can do over there. We can do our own thing. Very dangerous. So we turn my message and I'll end. The devil can take control of our mind. The devil can take control of our body. Look what he did to Job. But he cannot take my spirit. For 1 John 4, 4, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. 
My Bible says, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So Satan cannot gain entrance to our spiritual life unless we surrender that spirit to him. He can easily get our minds thinking wrong. He can easily place before our eyes things for our bodies to enjoy, whether it's a small Haagen-Dazs or whatever it may be. But I must not surrender my spirit because once Satan has control of my spirit, he has control of my body, my soul, and my spirit, and he will always seek to destroy your life. Those few preachers that I know that have taken their lives, well, they must not have been saved. No, 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 no. I remember a board member in my college, a man of a great church. And I was a young kid pastoring here. And I got word that he had taken his life, one of the best Bible teachers, preachers. But he got so discouraged and so defeated. And Satan was warned, don't, don't, don't fault the man. I'm not for it. I'm not saying it was right. But he went in his backyard and he took a revolver and he killed himself. I think of a great preacher. Oh, I'm talking about one of the greatest. I still have some of his books on my shelf. I can recall when I was a young preacher what a powerful preacher. But he thought he could play with sin and the devil saw that he was weak with women and a, a woman got him. He yielded. He confessed it to his church, resigned the church. But he lived in such guilt that one day he walked out in his backyard and took a revolver and shot himself and killed himself and they found his body, his brains all over that backyard. I think of a preacher's wife that I had lunch with so many times with uh, some other dear preacher friends. It seemed like when I went to this church to preach, it seemed like she was always visiting there. And she got so discouraged, so depressed, that she killed herself. You say, well, they're not saved. Oh, yeah, they were saved. But their mind began to work on them. I know of people all over this country tonight that are so sad because their kids were raised in a good home, family devotions, parents were honest, parents were good, parents were godly people. They came to Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. They put their kids in Christian schools. They did it all right. But somewhere along the line, either they got a friend, Amnon had a friend, or they got some sin that began to easily beset them. And those kids began to live for sin. I think of a grandfather right now that comes to my mind in a distant state. I was preaching revival there. He said, oh, Brother Treber, pray for my grandson. He came to this Christian school. He graduated from this Christian school. He was a sweet boy, but he's a drug addict today. He's had several girlfriends and several babies with those girlfriends and now he's got a wife and he just left her and they got babies from that wife and he's just a kid. He's destroyed, destroyed his life. But I love him. I can't sleep at night. I think of the sorrow that dear man has gone through with his body and I've often wondered how much of that body pain he goes through is because his heart is so broken over a grandson that he gave his life to. He helped raise them, put everything he could into them. 
Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.